Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports. It affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world you get in four minutes. We start things off in Tempe, Arizona. ASU lost to a bad UCLA team 68 to 66, and it might have dashed any hope for the NCAA tournament. They lost the second half 45 to 30. Midway through the second half, a calamity happened. Seven straight points on four of them being from technical foul free throws changed the scope of the game and made one head coach, Bobby Hurley, very angry. We're the bad guys, so say hello to the bad guys. You may never see a bad guy like us again, but that's who we were tonight. He hardly looked at any member of the media during the entire press conference and stared at the table. ASU hosts USC Saturday at noon. U of A Hoops handled USC just fine, 82-67. Caleb Love, 20 points, 5 assists. Tommy Lloyd remains perfect as the U of A head coach following a loss as they lost to Pullman. Turn around and won against U- U- uh, UCLA. Against USC! Tommy Lloyd still wasn't all that happy, however. Bruce, I don't know this. I think if you have a layup, you got a responsibility to deliver for your team. I don't care what they're in. I mean, it's a layup. And, and, and layups aren't easy. You know, they're not. So, so, but, but good teams make layups. So, again, they beat USC, since I screwed that up. They'll take on UCLA for the final time as Pac-12 foes in Tucson coming up at 2 o'clock on Saturday. Football-wise, oh, that was my fault because I pointed at the camera. Football-wise, Brent Brennan was introduced as the head coach of a U of A football going forward. And he said, fans, don't worry. The program was built by Jed. I can keep it rolling, and we'll be fine. I absolutely believe we can build a consistent winner here. You have everything. We have everything you need to do that. Rule number one, never make judgments about someone's appearance. Rule number two, the guy looks and sounds just like your neighborhood science teacher. Very nice man. All right, now GCU. They came in ranked 30th. Now it's a top 25 ranking, but they were the fifth team in others receiving votes category. They've only lost one game this year. They take on Utah Valley tonight, 7 o'clock. Standings in the playoff race for the Western Conference. Edmonton, Nashville tied at 49 for the last two spots. Flames and Kraken tied at 47 right below them. Then come the Coyotes, one point ahead of St. Louis. The Yotes take on first place Vancouver in British Columbia tonight. Face off at 8 o'clock. Two things for the NFL. Mike McCarthy will keep his job as the Dallas Cowboys head coach after meeting with Jerry Jones. And TMZ is reporting that Colts owner Jim Ursay on December 8th was found unresponsive. It's an apparent drug overdose, and he was given a opioid reversing drug by first responders. Yeesh. Best of luck to Jim. 
Patriot, uh, the uh, Raptors have traded Ray Pascal Siakam. He goes to the Pacers, three first-round picks. And Newport Beach Police will not pursue charges against Josh Giddy for having an alleged illicit relationship with another age, with an underage girl. And finally, a bar owner in Seattle is furious because his pipes burst. Guess what his name is? Tim Pipes. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't think this is funny, but I think it's hilarious. Yes, Tim's pipes pipes burst. Tim Pipes owns a bar in Seattle, and because of cold temperatures, he walked in and it was raining in his bar, causing hundreds of thousands of dollars of damage. The bar's name is The Angry Beaver. Well, Guess what? Just like all angry beavers, it means no one's going to be getting anything for a while until they patch things up. Jackpot Unplugged Army. I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tea time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off, plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime. Or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedworldwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, General Manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. The Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky-tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. I just, I gotta tell you. Sitting there last night at the ASU game watching that meltdown and then watching the press conference when I don't know what was going on with Bobby Hurley's shirt there. That was, that was a wild ride last night, I got to tell you. And I did something crazy, too. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you decided to make Doug Franz Unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and your TV every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Merch. <laughs> this is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. The, the, the desire to be here is strong. The energy, admittedly, is low. It, it was... Uh, <laughs> But I can't get over Tim's Tim Pipes pipes burst. <laughs> Why? It's so rude. It's so rude that I find that so entertaining. 
pipes i'm sorry about your pipes but i do find it funny um yesterday wow what a strange day uh my wife doesn't even know this part so i'm telling you this before i tell i tell her i got so jacked up yesterday and uh do i i can't tell you the full story because it's a little rude but a friend of mine texted me i don't know jeffrey production but let's just restart the whole show because it's hard to even follow where i'm going i got like nine thoughts in my head at the same time uh jeff have you are you familiar with tpc scottsdale i know you golf but not very often so do you know the the people's open that's coming up in, in about a month it is my favorite course on the planet wow Yep. Wow. That's St. Andrews. That's, 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 wow. I've never heard anybody say that. And it always has been. It was before I moved out here. Wow. And is it just because of the party? It's because of that hole. Okay. I've always loved that hole. Okay. Have you ever played it? I have not. Okay. That's, that's, that's amazing. I've never played St. Andrews, but I certainly want to before I die. I've never played Augusta. And I, I'm pretty confident I never will, but I really would like to. And then other than that, I'm not knowledgeable enough. Uh, I, I, I would like to play Pebble Beach. Um, yeah, I, I really want to play Pebble Beach. And, and I will play that course someday. But I want to get better before I plunk down $250. You know what I mean? I don't want to plunk down $250 and then score. I don't want my score to be higher than the price tag. You know, like a lot of people try to shoot their age. I want to make sure that I don't swing the club more often on an expensive course than I've actually paid, and it's still an expensive course. That would stink. So that's, that's my golf outings. But I have, uh, I have played TB Scottsdale many times, but I've only played it once with all of the stadium stuff set up. And even on the old show when I was doing well, I couldn't afford that. But I had a client who really wanted to play that course, really wanted to play TPC Scottsdale with the stadium set up. And I felt terrible when he asked me to play. I said, listen, I'm, I'm sorry to be that guy, but I, I can't afford that. And, and he goes, oh, no problem. I got you. Well, then I'm feeling like, well, I'm a man too. I mean, I don't want you to pay for it. He goes, no, no, no. I got you. I got you. So then I tried to like man up and I go, okay, I'll buy the beer then. Okay, great. So he chooses the last day you can play TPC. This is about four years ago. The last day you can play TPC Scottsdale before they shut the course down for the actual players to come in. I think the round cost around four twenty for me. I, it was four hundred twenty dollars a piece. I, I'm thinking, no way. Am I? I forget what it was, but it was outrageous. But then I'm thinking, I'll just buy the beer. Even the beer on the course that day was like ten bucks a piece. And I'm just like, oh, no, this is awful. But just so you know, I did have a birdie putt lip out of 16. I dropped my shot on 16. It landed on, it, let, it stayed on the fringe. I yelled at some construction guys who I don't think spoke my language for not sharing for me. And then I went up and putted, and it lipped out. And then I tapped in for par. So I was pretty happy. I broke 100. I had a 99 that day and parred 16. Well, I bring this story up. Because there are a couple clients, uh, potential clients, that I have been dying to meet with, okay? Like, really, like, get gung-ho. The world is a better place if, I, if we can get these people to advertise with the, to the Unplugged Army. I'm jacked up. So I'm, 
I'm excited. I get a text from a buddy. It says, hey, I know this is short notice, but can you play TPC Scottsdale on Monday? And I said, yeah, I, I, I can. I'm actually busy every day next week except Monday. He goes, great, we're going to meet with so-and-so and play golf with him. Oh, my gosh. I text my wife, we got it. We got it. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm so I'm all jacked up. And then I get a text about 30 minutes later. Oh, sorry. The guy just got asked to play Pebble Beach Monday, so he's doing that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So, hey, thanks for trying. Thanks for trying. Hey, we'll try to get it set. Yeah, good. Hey, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I was not offended at all, at all. But it was like, ugh. And I'm, it's my fault, okay? I should not get that jacked up. As I, but that's me. I'm an energetic dude, and when things go well, I get fired up, and when things go bad, I get fired up in a different way of, okay, we got to fix it, let's go. And uh, it was that, that kind of, so that was kind of the up and downness a little bit of, of yesterday. Uh, I got a, uh, I went to see the dentist yesterday, just the regular checkup at the dentist, and it, it was very strange. I didn't know how I should feel about this. This might get uncomfortable. I hate hit on the cart girl guy. Do you know who that is? The guy that hits on, you know, the cart girl comes around and uh, and he starts talking to her, you know, and he's my age and she's, you know, 23. And, oh, where do you go to school? Oh, do you have a boyfriend? Oh, you don't have a boyfriend? Oh, and then the next time she comes around, hey, how am I going to hit this shot? Oh, okay. Uh, all right. All right. Hey, why don't you take this shot for me? And then she's, oh my gosh, you've got a sexy swing. Oh, that's I mean, just that guy. I hate that guy. But I like going golfing with people because I want to see, are you hit on the cart girl guy? Okay. Having said that, and I want to make sure that you understand, I don't like talking about this stuff, but sometimes things need to be said. My dentist is so gorgeous, it kind of freaks you out. I can't, I'm sorry. I don't feel bad saying this because my wife knows it too. I mean, my dentist is stunningly beautiful. And she's even, I'm six foot one and she's taller than me, okay? Having said that, uh, I'm done with the the checkup thing. And then my dental hygienist, who's a saint of a woman, says, oh, I'm sorry, but Dr. So-and-so isn't here today. So you're going to be seen by our new dentist. And I'm kind of like... Uh, but yeah, okay, good. Because, you know, I don't want anybody to know that I think the dentist is beautiful. Because that's creepy. So, good. I got, I got a new guy. And the new guy comes up and he, and he says, wait a minute. Is this? Like, there's only one Doug Franz. Is this Doug? Does Doug Franz really go to our dentist office? And I, now I feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm on the clock all of a sudden. <laughs> and then we start talking. And I say, well, if you're such a big fan, why don't you listen to the podcast? You have a podcast? I didn't. I, I, I never knew what happened to you. Yes, I have. So hopefully the new dentist is listening and not offended that I think his boss is an attractive young lady with a bright future. So that was that was my day. How was yours, Jeff? We're production. Anything thrilling happened in your life? Uh, I can't say that it did. Oh, okay, okay. I went to an ASU basketball game last night, and a Bobby Hurley press conference broke out. I'm doing greatest some, press conference I've ever heard, by the way. Today, I'm not getting in the way of it. 
uh, Jeff Weir Production has pulled the press conference, and we are just going to play the entire five-minute job. Just boom. Here you go. Because I kind of feel like you should hear it. You should hear the whole five minutes uninterrupted, and then let's talk about it. And then coming up in about 35, 40 minutes or so, um, we're going to get everybody together that's, that's uh, I should say everybody together because we're all involved in different ways here at WTSM, but with me doing the play-by-play for the Arizona Rattlers, Joe Paquino is doing the play-by-play for the Tucson Sugar Skulls, and Dale Hellestray is doing is the color analyst for the uh, Arizona Rattlers. Um, CEO Chris had the idea, hey, let's. I'd like to have everybody together talking indoor football and i said okay great so coming up at seven o'clock today we'll have the three of us talking about our new relationship our even like stronger relationship with the rattlers and the sugar skulls and we're excited about getting underway of that i'm hoping to get to asu uh, hoops u of a hoops and get to U of A football and spend a little time talking about uh, the nfl and about the media today, there's like kind of a media conversation I want to have with something that has happened to one player in the NBA. It's a little strange. Before we get rolling, I saw a stat last night that it doesn't, in my opinion, trump what I consider to be the greatest stat of all time. The greatest stat of all time to me, and I've told you this before, and if you've heard it, I apologize. But have you ever heard of Stan Musial, uh, Jeff Weir production? I have not. Stan Musial was a player for the uh, f- from basically the mid '40s, I think, all the way until I would have to cheat and look it up until like the late '60s. Okay, and he is one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And Stan Musial had you know three thousand hits is like that magic number. You get to three thousand hits, you're in the hall unless you're on steroids. Stan Musial had three thousand six hundred and thirty hits, so six hundred and thirty more hits than the magical number. Now here's where it gets weird, Jeff Weir production. In home games, the man had eighteen hundred and fifteen base hits. All right, you got that eighteen fifteen. You with me? I'm with you. In road games, Stan Musial had 1,815 hits. 1,850. Now, come on. How how do you have that many hits, but it's equal home and road? So that, to me, is the craziest stat. I say that, and I just heard one yesterday that might be even more nuts. The NBA is about 77, I think, 76 years old. Does that make sense? So the NBA's been around in one iteration or another for about 77 years. If you take every human being that's ever played in the NBA, 35% of those players have played against LeBron James. <laughs> wow. He has played for that long that he's, he's, he's getting closer and closer as more players enter the league, his percentage goes up. There's a chance if he keeps playing, he will have played against over 50% of every human being that's ever been in the NBA. That's, that's so remarkable. I had to share that stat. I mean, that's really a punch you in the face. Wait a minute, what? 35% of the entire population that has played in the NBA has been a LeBron James opponent. I was impressed with that. I was. Okay, 
I, I guess that's it. I think we got everything. Uh, oh, so, oh, no, we didn't. I, I just remembered something. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I forgot this. Where is this weird bout of energy going? It, we have an official date for the Unplugged Army outing, and it's a week after we thought it was going to be. Um, there was a lot going on at Whirlwind. I told you the 16th, and it's not, wor- not going to work. So the official date is the 23rd. It, that's official. Write it down. February 23rd, Unplugged Army event. The first tea time will be at noon. And there'll be staggered tea times after that. Right now, unpluggedatwhirlwind.com is not up. It's, it's up to tell you about Whirlwind Plus, but it's not up to set your tea times and things like that. So right now, I just want you to hold the date of February 23rd. First tea times are set at noon. It's okay if you say, Doug, I don't want to start at noon. I want to start a little later so you can maybe get a half day of work in, whatever you want. But just remember, February 23rd, we're on. Unplugged at whirlwind.com will be the site when it's up and ready to go. So please lock that in, February 23rd at noon. And then for those of you that are in the Unplugged Army that either don't golf or don't have time to golf that day or what have you, please come out anyway, whether you come out for lunch and meet other members of the Unplugged Army or whether you can't golf that day but you can hang out for happy hour or get a bite to eat. Remember, they close, Civilic closes at 7, so make sure you're there in enough time to be able to enjoy dinner and, and be out there. And then what I found out, which was crushing to me being Catholic, is that's after Ash Wednesday. So that means I won't be able to get the Great Wings. No! No! <laughs> that was heartbreaking when I found that out. Uh, I think that's it. So I'll see you on the 23rd. Make sure you're there. And now, let's roll. Doug's Big One. Doug's big one today, my number one opinion, and Bobby, I hope we don't lose, I hope our friendship isn't over over this, but I got, you got a job to do, I got a job to do. I got to say what's on my mind, and I have lost friends as a talk show host because you get close to people, then you say what's on your mind, you say your opinion, and they don't like it, and I don't know if you're going to like it, but I got to do my job. I think you did more to lose the game yesterday than the referees did. That game last night, there's not an excuse to lose to UCLA. And if there was an established athletic director at Arizona State, I if I'm the established athletic director of Arizona State, I would have a meeting with Bobby this morning and tell him how much I didn't like that loss. And I would ask him this question. How do you expect your players to keep their composure if you can't keep yours? Then I would let him know how much I believe in him and how much I love his passion and I love his fire. I I don't want that part of it to change. But you've got to be able to coach the situation and coach the emotion out of your players a little better than what you do. And I would then say, by the way, I can't stand your shot selection. I wish you would agree with me on that. But you're the coach. You do what you want. And then I would say this. I would say if this team does not make the NCAA tournament, we're going to need to have serious conversations about your future. And the reason why I would say it that strongly is because I think this year has been a disappointment. I think that this team has taken too long to come together 
I think the shot selection is absolutely abhorrent, and therefore I don't see this team making the NCAA tournament. And I would say that to him in private. I would not go public with that. Because you have to keep in mind, this is an opinion from me. I think Bobby Hurley's the best coach in the history of Arizona State basketball. And that's not saying a, a lot of positives about Arizona State basketball. I mean that as in when you look at that decrepit arena, when you look at Dr. Crow's lack of athletic knowledge of what it really takes to build great programs, when you look at the terrible decisions Dr. Crow has made in the hiring of different athletic directors, Bobby Hurley has never received the support from the administration that he, in my opinion, is needed to truly build a top-notch program. Having said that, I think there's enough support there to be a consistent participant in the NCAA tournament. And since he has at least done that, I mean, he's gone to the NCAA tournament more often than just about any other coach. And he's done it more consistently than any other ASU head coach. So I'm not coming in ready to fire you. But that loss was terrible. You didn't look good during the loss or after the loss. UCLA is bad. And you didn't have the non-conference wins to be able to support a loss like this. This is not a good time for ASU. And Bobby, I hope... Like, I'm actually saying this to the Unplugged Army, and I admit it. I hope Bobby Hurley never hears this. Because I don't want a friend to know. Because it sounds like I'm, you know, going against him. I'm not. I'm still a supporter of Bobby Hurley. I still believe he's the right coach. But facts are facts. That was a terrible loss. Now, let's talk about the game itself. The reason why I said what I said, I thought the officiating was poor last night. I didn't think it was, it rose to the level of the typical terrible Pac-12 refs. I thought it was poor. I thought the refs contributed to five UCLA points. Well, ASU was up by 15. They were up by 13 at the end of the first half. They had a 15-point lead at one point. And they let it all melt away. So if you have a 15-point leave, and I'm saying the refs are in charge of five points, what about the other 10? Or in a sense, since you lost by two, the other 12. There was one like horrible, blatant travel where you as a referee are clearly not paying attention. I mean, it was such a bad travel. Like, listen, we've seen traveling forever. So I don't want to like totally freak out about a missed travel. I mean, honestly, I thought they missed about seven travels, two on ASU and five on UCLA. But one of them was so atrocious, and it led to UCLA three-pointer. I think that's on the refs. And then I look at the second technical foul that was called during the 10-minute skirmish in the middle of the second half. I thought that was a referee with a bad ego, that he wanted to show everybody, I'm the ref, you're going to listen to me, I'm disciplining you, I'm in charge here, I got the whistle. He was a mall cop ref when he called that second technical, where he wanted everybody to worship him. I thought that was a trash second technical that he handed out. So there, there's two free throws that I don't, I don't, should, I don't think should have happened. That's five points. So yes, there was four officiating. That's not why ASU lost at all, at all. And that's why I stare down more of Bobby Hurley than I do the officiating. I'm not justifying the officiating. I didn't think it was good. 
But gosh, living in this town for 17 years, that wasn't even remotely close to as bad as I have seen officiating in the Pac-12. Not even close. So therefore, you've got to overcome that. And if you are an emotional wreck on the sidelines, how do you think your players are going to be able to respond to it? They, they won't be able to respond to it. They'll become just like you. They'll take on your persona. And it can't happen that way at all. And that's, to me, what happens with ASU basketball right now. If you did not see the game, 10-minute mark in the second quarter, or second half, excuse me, there's a bad turnover, a missed layup, but a, but a pretty hard foul from Miller that I think got ruled a flagrant foul. Honestly, I don't have Pac-12 Network, so I can't go back and watch the game. And then I'm watching the game live, but the referees don't give a hand signal for an intentional foul. And the arena is such a horrific building. Maybe it's my hearing, but all I hear, I hear the PA announcer talking, but I can't understand a word he says with their 1930 speaker quality that they've got in that building. So I am guessing what happened is that there was a flagrant foul, double technicals, and then a second technical, and that's why there were four free throws taken, but ASU didn't shoot free throws. Here's what I don't get, and this is why I can't possibly be right. The same kid for UCLA took all four free throws. Well, if it's a flagrant foul, he doesn't get to shoot the free throws for the flagrant foul, so why did he get four? If he got four because of the double technical, well, there was a technical on UCLA. Why wouldn't ASU get two? Technicals usually offset when they're free throw shooting technicals. So to me, it had to be a flagrant foul and a second technical that led to the four free throws. But why does the same kid shoot all four free throws? I don't know if they screwed that up, but I couldn't get an explanation. With that situation... Then UCLA got the ball, they hit a three. It's a seven-point swing. And to Bobby Hurley, that's pretty much the game. You have a seven-point swing at half to, er, in the middle of the second half that gives the other team the lead. We got a problem. Well, ASU led by six at that point. Bobby, I got to ask, you were up by 13 at the end of the first half. You had a 15-point lead at one point in the second half. So if that play cost you seven points, what about the other eight? The other eight weren't, wasn't the fold of the officials. Now let's look at what he said. You know my opinion on it. Now it's time for you to hear his opinion. This is a lot to ask. I mean, you're getting ready for work. You might be watching right now at home on WTSMTV.com while you're getting ready. You might not be able to watch the presser. I get it. But I want you to be able to hear the whole thing so you get to judge. We haven't edited this at all. This is, I forgot to do sound credits today. We've got sound from um, Sun Devil Source today. And that's this plus uh, Frankie Collins. And from the Arizona Wildcats uh, website or YouTube channel. Uh, I think that's it, right, Jeff Weir Production? I don't have any other sound, right? That's it, yeah. Okay, good. So we're not going to interrupt this. Here are five straight minutes of Bobby Hurley. You decide whether you thought that that game was so poorly officiated that the refs in the conference deserve a beatdown. Do you think it was amazing the way Bobby Hurley held it together when he's this angry? Or do you think, oh my gosh, Bobby, relax. Okay, where are you in the Bobby Hurley spectrum? You judge after you hear this. 
Starus, I wish I could say how I really feel. Wish I could say how I could really feel right now, but I'm not going to do that. I am not going to say how I really feel. So I am just going to start out by saying when you look at the at the stat sheet, proud of my team's uh, shooting percentages uh, from three, from two against a very good defensive team that's you know starting to find itself and uh, had six turnovers as opposed to to their eleven. And uh, that's all I'm going to say, really. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to talk about how I feel right now. So feel free to ask, ask me anything you want right now. Were you, were you pleased with the, with the rebounding effort, especially with their side? I'm pleased with everything that happened on the basketball court besides the free throw line. What was explained to you by... No one wanted to explain anything to me. I had to ask to, be, to, to explain what happened. But I'm tired of the explanation, so I'm just not going to talk about it anymore. The game clearly changed at that moment. Uh, can you just talk about what you went through with your team after that, subsequently not having Phillips, and then the additional technical fouls happening? Mean, we just tried to hold it together. Would you say your frustration with the four techs are with your players, or would it be something you don't want to talk about? I'm not going to talk about it, but I, some responsibility certainly lies with, with our uh, um, uh, need to in a heated game where I'm sure there's a lot of communication, and we're the bad guys. So say hello to the bad guys. You may never see a bad guy like us again, but that's who we were tonight. We were the bad guys. So I'm sure no one else said anything except us all night. Yep. Do you think that there's a, I mean, do you feel like there's a cumulative effect with the officiating, like just compounding from previous things? So can you repeat the question? Do you think that this is compounding with the officials from prior games that have been called or instances or anything like that? Do you really want me to answer that? Well, can I go, but what did I say in my opening statement, Chris? Yeah, no, I understand that. What I, do you remember what I said, though? You're not going to say anything. I'm not going to tell you how I really feel. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to stick with that, Chris. And I'm not trying to, you know. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, this is a tough game to lose where you are this is why you kind of got to win given where you're in the standings and they are so kind of how do you get your guys to kind of recruit for another game on saturday <clears throat> just uh try and uh realize that that uh there was a lot of quality you know basketball that was played you know by our team first half you know really good defense uh they're able to score, you know, 36 points uh, against a team that outside of Utah was uh, held every Pac-12 opponent in the 60s up to this game. So uh, pleased that we were able to uh, generate offense against a very good defensive team and uh, just uh, look at look at the bright side of this somehow, some way. Coach, with generating offense, I mean, do you feel that starting the game and you going into the second half of the flow of your offense is what you've been looking for? I, uh, you know, Jemiah had a good half, you know, made up for missing two free throws at the end of Washington's first half. He came out and, and made two at the end of the half. Frankie scored at the end of the half after we got a stop. We won the last minute four to zero. So that was really good stuff. Adam Miller had a nice game in, in offensively in the first half. Just did a lot of things well at both ends of the floor. Played a really, they played a, a winning game, as close to being a winner as you could be. Coach, you did say uh, some of it is. Uh you know, on you guys a little bit. Uh, just how, as a coach, do you ensue or ensure that uh, you guys don't get um, as many technical files? I don't know. I mean, I just, you know, haven't really coached, you know, many teams that, 
have a track record or a history of of getting a lot of uh, technical fouls or, or anything like this. So this is, it breaks all the statistical anomalies that there were that many technical fouls issued on my players tonight. So I don't, I don't know how to, uh, you know, I, there'll be some, there'll be some measures that I'll take internally with my group uh, to address putting ourselves in those positions. And uh, and that's how I, and, and I'll put a lot of thought into how I'm going to do that. Did you ask? Or did you tell your players how you really feel tonight? In the locker room, mm -hmm. I, I did to some degree, but but you have to accept responsibility too. I'm not going to go in there and tell them that like, hey, you know, you know I, I felt like we were the better team. We 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 played better. We played better basketball. We just you know, it's bottom line. Couple more. All right. No. Thank you. Get the guys in here. So number one, you know, I, I got I to wear it if I was wrong to, to ask this, but whenever you hear the rest of the day, all I mean, ESPN's going to be all over this. We're the bad guys. We're the bad guys. We're the bad guys. Okay, that was me. I, I'm the one that asked that. But I, the question was simply, where is your frustration? Because I'm looking at, I saw the referee, and granted, I told you before, I thought this was an egotistical technical foul. I saw the referee tell everybody to cool it. And then there's more ASU mouth and off, boom, second ejection and you're gone. And that's why I asked, where is, is your frustration with the text more on your players or more on the subject that you're not going to tell us how you feel about? And that's when he went into we've hey, it's not we've got to control ourselves, but we're the bad guys. We're we're the only ones talking out there. And what he means is officiated evenly. You are taking it out on us, giving us text when they're talking just like we are. So you made an example out of us, which led right into Chris Cartman's question from Sun Devil Source, which was, Do you feel like this is an accumulative effect? Do you and, and that is kind of meaning, do you feel like that in previous games, people are don't like your referees don't like your team and now they're holding a grudge and therefore they're quicker to react to you. And he goes, do you really want me? I told you I'm not going to answer that. Is that you know, um, number one, I, I this was a bad day for a for. I would have to say Maricopa County media. I would. I, I think that's an important point. And the reason why I say that is because when you've got a coach that's that fired up about a topic, that doesn't mean you shy away from the topic. That means you talk about the topic. And if you get a chance to rewatch that press conference, there's only two people asking questions about. I should. There was one other guy, and I don't know who it is. I should say there was three. But the two main people asking questions about the technical fouls, the officiating in the situation were Chris Cartman of Sun Devil Source and me. And that was it. And that goes back to why in this town we have soft media, I don't know. I have no idea. But 
as one guy that's not afraid to ask questions, let me, I want to give a tip of the hat to Chris Cartman because that guy works unbelievably hard. And if you're worried about alienating people and losing out on other scoops later on, you ask soft questions. And for him to work that hard, have the sources he has, and still have the guts to ask real questions, I think that that's pretty legitimate. A lot of people think hard questions are angry questions. You think hard questions are when you go after somebody. Sometimes that shows toughness, but sometimes that shows you're a fake tough guy and you just, and some media people just do it for attention. I, I can ask questions without yelling and screaming at people, but I'm not going to shy away from the topic just because you're upset. And that's why I asked about the level of responsibility, because to me, it goes back to if Bobby can't control his emotions, why does he expect the players to control their emotions? That's tough. Now, here's something that you should hear. I want to go to one of the players. The, the, the main leader of this team is Frankie Collins. It's a little hard to hear him because he speaks very softly. He was really frustrated. But listen to how well I thought Frankie Collins handled the press conference. So here is a junior. I'd have to look it up, but I think he's a 21-year-old young man. After that emotional of a loss, when he's probably just lost out on any NCAA tournament bid, he's got to be mad at the refs, too. Here's how he handled it. Uh, I mean, that's just us having to control our uh, emotions. So I think if we just don't say anything and just play basketball, then it wouldn't happen. I saw that you were, uh, when Brian got, you were talking to him after that, just trying to kind of settle him down or what's it like from a leadership standpoint trying to manage that situation um just as a point guard as a leader i mean i got to be there making sure people um just understand in those situations we can't do that so for us to get that tech and uh, the refs already telling us not to say a word and we still talking so just just trying to tell him that he is this is a critical moment in the game and we can't do that it looked like after the Sean Phillips one, when they were shooting free throws, the guys kind of were all in a huddle, and some guys had their head in their hands, and the body language, like you guys look really down and dejected. Can you kind of talk about trying to regroup after that moment, because it was still a close game? Yeah, uh, I think I think um, some guys were kind of frustrated with themselves, with what they did. So I just think that they were owning up to what they did, you know, just trying to get through it. Um, I think regrouping after that is just, we just got to stick together and just just work around it. Frankie, being a leader on this team after such a close win like this, you know, emotional, how do you kind of rally the troops and get ready for, you know, playing a solid USC team? Um, I mean, just, just put this in the past and understand in moments like this, we can't do this. And and when we moving forward that we just got to let our games do the talking regardless of what the other team is saying or doing. I think we just got to go out there and play and just leave everything else behind. Frank, you know you talked obviously about guys hitting open shots, but it's even in the first half and you started to really get the flow of the offense. I mean, obviously Adam started out hot, Jemiah's ball, you're scoring. I mean, what did you just see in that first half? And is that kind of the offense you've been envisioning? Um, I just, I mean, it's kind of the same thing we've been doing. Uh, just the ball's going in the hoop. Um, I think we're being unselfish and just playing together. I think I think we understand when to play in transition, when to slow it down and run the set. So that's also good. So I just think our guys are coming in ready to play every night, and we we've been we've been doing what we're supposed to do. Frank, you was about 
five seconds left, you guys are down by three balls in your hands. You're shooting about 40, 44% from three in the game. You know, you, you just hit a clutch one in the second. Do you feel like looking back, you wish you would have kept the ball in your hands, or are you trying to get the ball back quickly for a better look? What were you hoping? Uh, I, was, I was definitely trying to get a three, but I saw that they were in the motion of trying to foul. So once I saw that and I went up to shoot so I can try and get three free throws, I saw him pull back. So I didn't want it to be a bad shot, so I'd rather give it up and just try and get two. I think the fans were great. I think we let them down tonight um, just because we controlled the whole game and they were there with us and cheering and loud and just they were great. The energy was great. And I just think we, we gave away the game and and we uh, yeah, we let them down. What did you take from what Bobby said to you guys after the game? Um, just that we got to control our emotions. We can't let this happen. And, and I mean, we got to, we have a young team, and but we got to grow up early if, if we want to continue to just do what we say we want to do and get to NCAA tournaments and things like that. We have to mature and not let things like that happen. And especially at home, you can't give up a home game like that. I thought that was fantastic leadership. The crowd was great. We let them down. The ref told us to be quiet. We can't keep talking. I, I thought Frankie, man, that's that's a kid you can go to bat for right there. I, I thought he was, I thought he was fantastic, and I thought you should really absorb all of that before you make judgments. If you didn't get to see the game again, I thought the ref, the officiating was was poor. I did, but it did not rise to the level of as bad as I've seen in the Pac-12. And it is frustrating when officials have massive egos and they think the crowd is there to see them. But no way did ASU lose that game because of the officiating. No way. And that's a bad loss. Cannot be understated how bad it is losing to UCLA if you are a tournament team. And that's what's sad about it is any hopes of being a tournament team are basically dashed. Now, of course... If ASU wins every game in the Pac-12 tournament, guess what? They're a tournament team. If ASU wins every game between now and the final of the Pac-12 tournament, they're still going to be a tournament team. So their, their chances aren't dashed. But if you look at it logically, if you look at it as what's the average team going to do, lose one or two more games the rest of the way, unless you sweep U of A and have great wins the rest of the way, they're out now. And that's that's a bad loss. That was that was that was rough. I'd love to hear your opinions coming up on Town Hall Tuesday because I love the fire and passion of Bobby Hurley. I love that he's that competitive of a person. I love that he fights for his guys every second. But I also think Bobby Hurley needs to realize officials are human and they build up a war chest of anger against you. And then I don't think a referee comes into a game thinking, I'm going to get Bobby Hurley. I do think they go into a game saying, I'm not going to take any of his crap. Whether it's crap or not, I think that's what they do. So they're already geared up and ready to go. It's like getting tense before when you think you're about to be in a car wreck. Oh, okay. And you get tense. Oh, good. That guy didn't swerve at me. He saw I was here. Okay. I think refs come into ASU all geared up for a fight. And then you get it when you don't want it. 
Do we have time? Yeah, I do. I do. I got about nine minutes left before I, I want to uh, go to a revenue generating portion of the show. So let's talk um, U of A for a little bit. I'll first start by talking, let's do U of A hoop first and see if there's time for U of A football. So give me Lloyd one if you want. Tommy Lloyd, head coach U of A, they beat USC 82-67. But it was weird. It had a lot to do with the free throw line. Even though that score of of being a 15-point win makes you think, oh, that's comfortable. It had mostly to do with the free throw line, as U of A had nine more free throw makes than did USC. And I don't think that was officiating in the sense of I think U of A was more aggressive, attacked the hoop more, and that's why they were able to generate a lot of the calls. But there was still not a level of paint touch dominance, in my opinion, in watching the U of A game. And yeah, I I got home from ASU. And then uh, I did something I haven't done since I was in my 20s. I, I went to Taco Bell. <laughs> like, nothing was open. Nothing was open. I hadn't eaten since uh, breakfast. And Angel does not have a Burrito Express on the west side. And Burrito Express closes right around dinner time anyway. So I had to get something. So I got Taco Bell. That was weird. I still don't know how my stomach feels about that. But anyway... I went home, I, I got a beer, and I watched U of A, and I didn't get to bed till around, I don't know, I think it was like, what, 2 o'clock or something like that. That's why I'm, I like, strangely wired. But Tommy Lloyd started, and there was a little bit of, of fire in the belly, but it didn't quite come out in the open. Here's his opening comments. All right, guys, I know a lot of you have had a long day. Um, you know, first I'd... Uh, you know, like to welcome Coach Brennan. You know, obviously he's going to be a great addition, and I got to spend a little bit of time with him today. So it was great to meet him. Second, you know, want to send our, our thoughts and condolences to, you know, our main man, Steve Kerr. You know, it's a sad, sad tragedy. You know, I mean, what happened, to, you know, to, you know, while they're at a staff dinner. I mean, I can't imagine. So, um, you know, sometimes there, there's bigger things than the game. And, you know, Steve's always been a great reminder of that and a great mentor for all of us for that. So, you know, make sure you're thinking of him because I know he's he's wearing it and, uh, you know, going through a lot. I thought I thought that was nice. And uh, and then he just said, OK, fire away with questions. They asked one question. I forget what it was. And then somebody asked a follow-up, which was, were you happy with the team's energy? And then a little bit about rebounding. And then there's another question within that realm. And listen to, in my opinion, how strong Tommy Lloyd is at the expectations that he has on the guys. Uh, man, yeah, I mean, you know, you play against that much zone, sometimes it, it, it changes the rhythm of the game, you know, and it, at halftime, you know, we're up 10. I, you know, I didn't necessarily feel great, but, you know, when you look at the efficiency, we're 1.3 on offense, which is, you know, better than our normal. You know, so you're clipping it on our right. Sometimes that zone does it, but in the second half, it can be kind of, you know, we got stagnant for whatever reason, and uh, you know, and and you know, SE deserves some credit, but you know, we got to keep getting better. Get unstagnant. That's right. Well, you 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 have to have guys that kind of that move together, two or three guys that are on the same page. You know, you you can't run just set plays against the zone all the time. The the, the best way to attack zone is just feel for the game and passing and skill and uh, and you know and and you know and, and force and we just didn't do a good job in the second half putting those things together. What 
Sorry, I was a couple of guys at Washington State were saying the zone actually threw them out of rhythm, and that maybe led to the the, the layups not going in in some ways. It, well, people, Bruce, I don't know this. I think if you have a layup, you got a responsibility to deliver for your team. Like I, I don't care what they're in. I mean, it's a layup, and, and, and layups aren't easy. You know, they're not. So, so, but but good teams make layups. I I really like that because. This is so true. There's a zone defense, and when you're playing against a zone, it takes a lot of personal patience and knowledge of how to beat a zone. That that's more of like you. There are offensive plays against a zone, but there's more offensive concepts: penetrate and dish, get the ball to the short corner, get the ball to the high post, dump it down. Screen somebody that's on, up top to be able to get an open look at three. Things like that. Lots of ball movement so you can get defensive player movement. Because it's almost impossible to really coach five guys to move perfectly in unison to be able to eliminate gaps. So if you get people moving side to side, somebody's going to be step slow. And then you can get the ball into gaps in there, and that's how you defeat a zone. So it's more conceptual with high IQ players. And the thing that happens then is an offense can get stagnant when you're playing against a zone. And it takes away your aggression because you know, I'm not just going to take my guy one-on-one because there's going to be another guy. But the key is penetration with your eyes up. The key is being able to get inside knowing where are the rotators going to come from and then where is my outlet going to be if they're there. If they're not there, keep going. So then that follow-up is, hey, guys were talking about a Washington State. The zone really threw them out of their rhythm. Does that have anything to do with why you guys are still missing a lot of layups? And I just love it that he's looking at it and saying, there's no excuse. I don't care what they think is the reason why we're missing layups. Make layups. You hate to say this, but layups are, are, are about toughness. I think we live in a politically correct society, so I can't say they're about manliness because, uh, you know, if women's basketball, you want them making layups too. But it's really about toughness. It's about playing in the – if you want to go in the paint, play angry. If you want to be a nice guy and sit outside and hit threes and get attention for it, knock yourself out. But it's grunt work down low. And if you're not qualified or fit or up to it, don't go down there. But once you're down there, I love I mean, think about how high the bar is that he put it. You owe your team to make layups. That's not we need layups. That's not assuming they go in and say, we got to make our layups, and that's why we're losing. He's not making the assumption they go in. He says layups are hard. But what he means by layups are hard is they're hard because of the contact. They're hard because of the pressure. They're hard because of the fear of embarrassment of the block shot. That's why they're hard. And you've got to have a strong enough intestinal fortitude that says not today. You're not stopping me. Uh, We work too hard as a unit. Five guys to get the ball into this position. And I owe it to my team to put it in. I I really like that, uh, those comments from Tommy Lloyd. Hopefully... 
I have time. I still want to talk NBA. I still want to talk NFL. And I still want to have uh, U of A football because there was something the athletic director did yesterday that I just thought was ridiculous. And I can't wait to talk about it. So I got all of that still coming up here on Doug Franz Unplugged. But before I get rolling on those things, let's have a little fun and talk indoor football as WTSMTV.com was proud to announce last week though we are the home of the Arizona Rattlers and we are the home of the Tucson Sugar Skulls. So Sugar Skulls play-by-play voice Joe Paquino, Dale Hellestray, color analyst of your Arizona Rattlers, and me, the new play-by-play voice, are all going to just talk indoor football about the season, what we expect, and what we want to see from both teams. That's coming up next as we get to talk to you about what we get to do this summer. Arizona Rattlers, Tucson Sugar Skulls. Next, this is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. We're the bad guys, so say hello to the bad guys. You may never see a bad guy like us again, but that's who we work tonight. So in the Franz household, we have an air conditioning unit, an air scrubber, a reverse osmosis system, and a tankless water heater all purchased from Parker & Sons. Why? Well, number one, because we trust them. We got to know Parker and Sons about six months into living in Phoenix, and they've showed up on time, got it right the first time, and treated us great every single time. So why would we go anywhere else? The other thing I like is some of the products have even saved us money. The reverse osmosis system gives us bottle quality water from a tap, and then the tankless water heater, I can't even imagine how much money it has saved us. We never run out of hot water, even on holidays when people are coming in to visit. And it doesn't heat up water and then just let it sit in a tank. It only heats it up as we use it. So we only use the electricity when we need it. And our air scrubber takes allergens and bacteria out of the air, which has just been a dream for my wife and my youngest daughter, who have some pretty heavy allergies. Call 6022-REPAIR to learn about these products. That's 602, the number two, that R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub and Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. Is, uh, oh, by the way, this gets lit tomorrow. <laughs> Jacked up about that. Really cool when uh, when the deal was done and we get to have a fun announcement. And that is WTSMTV.com is now the home of the Rattlers and the Sugar Skulls. If you are a basic member, you'll be able to watch the games on demand. So those of you that are Sugar Skulls fans and Rattler fans that you go to the home games... I would strongly suggest you become a basic member because then you'll be able to go home and that night or the next day watch the game that you were just at and hopefully we do a good job of explaining some of the things that just happened. And at the same time, if you aren't able to make a game or if you only go to about half of them or one or two but you want to watch them, then step up and become a live member. And if you're a live member, guess what? You get to see them right here on WTSMTV.com with a full commentary from people like Joe Paquino, who has been named the play-by-play voice of the Tucson Sugar Skulls. 
And Joe joins us uh, right now. Joe, good morning. Congratulations. Oh, let me be rude to you. Do me a favor. Take your phone and turn it sideways. Can I talk you into that? Because that fills up the uh, the whole screen. Well, for some reason that didn't work because now you're just sideways. <laughs> so your phone doesn't have a landscape mode. So never mind. Doug, I, Doug, I just want to let you know I think I'm sideways most of my life. So, okay, you know, okay. I, I think that's apropos. <laughs> that does make me say that. That's really weird because, yeah, when you turn your phone sideways, you just turn sideways. But it doesn't actually make the picture sideways. It's all right. We, we, we got to suck it up sometimes. You never we know when you, when you get some bad officials. You can't just have a five-minute press conference all upset at the world. You know, you just got to move on. So uh, I want to know from you about your excitement about being the Sugar Skulls. And what do you know about the Sugar Skulls? Well, Doug, I'm, I'm, I'm elated. You know, I spent three years doing the sidelines make that too for the Arizona Rattlers and and I love the indoor football league it just you know the game moves so fast it's so fun it's non-stop I mean the, the fans are so passionate um, they're right on you know right there just right on top of the game itself and Tucson Sugar Skulls you know this is a team led by a new coach Billy Back who's got a tremendous pedigree a tremendous resume um, did tremendous things with the Frisco Fighters. We're talking about one of the best coaches in the league. And, and of course, you know, they picked up uh, Drew Powell in the trade from the Arizona Rattlers. And this is a team uh, that every year is in the thick of it. And now you've got one of the best coaches in the league. you got one of the best coaches, uh, uh, best one of the coaches, best coaches, I should say, one of the best quarterbacks. So this is a team that I think has the potential all said and done to be in the thick of it uh, at the very end. And it's very exciting. And, of course, I'll be calling the games with uh, our good friend, Nick Davila, who is, you name it, he's done it in the indoor game. Uh, Three-time MVP. He's won the championships with the Rattlers. He knows the game inside out. I think he's going to be a tremendous asset to the indoor football league because Nick was just a tremendous player and a tremendous person. And he's so methodical um, and in his approach that I think he's going to break down the games like, you know, as one of the best analysts in the league. So there's a lot to be excited about, but I got to tell you, uh, think about the IFL. And we've seen this over the course of time that the league the, the, the level playing field is so equal that just because you're a top seed doesn't mean you're going to finish as the number one team in the league and that you're going to win a championship. So I think for the Tucson Sugar Skulls, uh, for Coach Billy Back and his Kaiser, his defensive coordinator, who won a championship with Massachusetts a couple years ago, it, it, it's going to be an exciting time. I, I just think if they can get in uh, the playoffs, it's a roll of the dice. Anything can happen. We are also joined by Dale Hellestray, and you heard Joe Paquino just mention a second ago about having Nick Davia as the uh, as the color analyst. I, I, I think everybody knows me well enough to know that I'm, a, I'm really good at mooching, and I've known Kevin Guy for over 20 years, so he gets – 
free tickets to the game. So for years, I mooched his tickets. And right next to me was all of Nick's family. So I, so I, got, I got to know the family very well, saw all the kids grow up every year because, wow, aren't you big a year later since I've seen you. And I know he's high class, so we've got a championship quarterback on the Tucson Sugar Skulls games. And then on the Rattlers games, we've got a Super Bowl champion. And Dale, I'll ask you because I can't imagine how many times in your career you played against an old cowboy and you had to have known that that old cowboy wanted a piece of the Cowboys when they were going up against him. How do you think the regular season of Drew Powell is going to go, especially when he plays against the Rattlers? Oh, I think it's going to be awesome. You know, when you when you think about that, when you think about the revenge factor, and he's going to he'll downplay it in the media and, and all that, but the team himself, the coaching staff, will know that he wants to shine against the Rattlers because you want to be missed, Doug. I mean, you've been in situations you want to be missed. Hey, yes. I wanted every snap to be bad after Jerry Cup. Let me it's, cut you off for a second, Dale, because I got to tell you how professionally said that was. For you to say you've been in situations where you want to be missed, you got that right, but I really like how you said that. I, I've been there. I, the year after Jerry let, let me go, I said I wanted every damn snap to be bad for crying out loud and, and miss me. And guess what? Most times things continue to move on and, and all that, but Drew Powell will definitely want to make Kevin Guy and this Arizona Rattler organization pay. Dale, as a seasoned vet of doing color, and you've got me, I, I did four years of play-by-play of arena football, but I've never done play-by-play of the indoor football league. This will be Joe's done years of play-by-play, but his first year of doing play-by-play for the specific IFL. Tell me one thing, Dale, that you have noticed from whoever it was that was the best play-by-play guy you ever worked with. Tell us something that they did either prep-wise, game-wise, in the game, things they picked up, things they noticed. Give us advice on uh, about somebody that you've worked with that you would say this is something they did really well. Well, I, I think the one thing that everybody has to realize is this game moves fast. And so I think you've got to stay out of each other's way. The play-by-play guy has his role. Analyst has his role. There's many times, uh, Doug, when this thing gets going quick, that there's no time for, for me to give any a- analyst words to it because they're lined up and ready to go again. Uh, so I just think it's the speed of the game that really will will have to quicken in, in, in your pitch and in your tone and, and in your words. And, uh, and then it'll just be doing it over and over again, and I, I think it'll work out fine. In other words, Joe, Dale is telling us, be quiet faster because color guys want to talk. Yeah, well, g- give me room. <laughs> Joe, Joe, you know that. Give me room. Absolutely, and the game does move so fast, and, and, and you're going to have to pick and choose your spots. But, look, along the way, you know, good play-by-play, uh, announcer and a good analyst. They build a chemistry uh, over the course of the season that they they know when each other is about to talk. And I'm excited about Nick and I doing that. And uh, like I said, Doug and, and Dale, I, I I believe in both our sides. And I and I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna put, just put this out there for the rest of the league. I'm gonna put this out there right now. By the end of the league. It's either going to be Franz and Hellstray or Perquino and Davila, one and two in the league. And that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> hey, can I point one thing out, Doug? I know it's your show. Of course. Uh, 
This might, I've known Joe Bequeno for 20 years-ish. Long time, baby. For 20 years-ish. Might be the first time I've seen Joe without a tie and a jacket on, for crying out loud. It is the first time I've ever seen him in a hat, I gotta tell you. (laughs) So let me tell you, I've been fighting a little bit of a throat cold, and so I went to bed ridiculously early, like 9 o'clock. And I'm not going to lie, fellas, I just rolled out of bed. (laughs) Just a couple minutes ago, and I throw the old University of South Florida ball cap on. I trusted gym cap, and I, I rolled out and ready to do it. Yeah, for me, it's the first time I've ever seen you without makeup, and I didn't know if I should be happy or offended. Oh, Doug, that's not true. I don't wear makeup every day. Come on now. Stop, stop that noise. And then, and then how about I got to mock you for you. Just so you know, ASU game ended around 10. I was not leaving that Bobby Hurley presser, so I probably got out of there about 10. 45 or so like that and then I had to watch U of A so I got to bed at 1 30 last night after watching the U of A press conferences so what is this business about I just got up let's go Joe <laughs> Doug all I gotta say you're a mountain of a man <laughs> well you, you, unfortunately you the mountain has been getting better, bigger Doug. for the last two years right now <laughs> you inspire me to be better <laughs> well, it doesn't mean I'm not going to take a nap today, so don't give me uh, don't give me too much credit. Since we've been talking a lot of Tucson, let's go over to you, Dale, uh, specifically about the Rattlers because you've been very close to this team for years. Where do you think they are right now with the gutsy yet controversial decision to say, you know what, Drew, you might be the greatest regular season quarterback in the history of the IFL, but we want postseason success. It hasn't happened. We're not saying it's your fault. There's a famous line from Jeff um, uh, Van Gundy who said, I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm saying I'm blaming you. And and, and it's kind of like this by making this move. What do you expect from the Rattlers? Well, again, what do I expect from the Rattlers? I expect another well-coached team vying for a championship. That's what you get with Kevin Guy. Uh, and, and by the way, that decision, uh, as we were doing the last couple of games of the season last year, you, you started to wonder, uh, is Kevin Guy going to have the guts to actually let go of a league MVP that you have yeah. and wins all these regular season games and yet now a couple of years in a row struggled in the playoffs. And if, if you don't know Kevin Guy, the one thing you'll learn about Kevin Guy is he certainly has the guts to make a change. He believes in himself. Doug, let me tell you what, the, the one thing I'm most excited about, honestly, is the fact that they're at Glendale Arena this year. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be an unbelievable venue for the Arizona Rattlers. And guess what? When the playoffs come, and I think it's been 16 or 17 straight years now that they've made the playoffs, they, they just make the playoffs. you got death, taxes, and Rattlers make the playoffs. All right. Uh, they won't have to move the schedule around because there's uh, ice capades or there, there's, there, there's some play going on at, uh, at, at Footburn Center. I totally agree. And I got to tell you, this is just between the two of us. So this is highly off the record. <laughs> I have been screaming at Kevin Guy to come to the West Side for about 10 years. Right. And the reasons for me were number one, and I, I can say this because I'm a West Sider, is that since we don't have the money that you would see on some of the East Side, there's not the same number of season ticket holders for your big four sports. Now you've got a whole bunch of people that are able to say, hey, I'm a season ticket holder, right. that they can be 
totally invested into a team, so I think you're going to see that. I think whether Eastside people like it or not, it's still a weekend event, so it's not like the 101 is as full during the weekends as it is during the week, and some of them are used to it to come to Cardinals games or formerly Coyotes games anyway. And then... I think the biggest advantage, which I admit I don't have anything to do with, this was all Kevin Guy, I don't know if the two of you have seen it, but that arena, had Glendale has said, what do you want, Rattlers? Basically, everything the high-level Coyotes had is not only now the Rattlers, but there's even space that was not office space that the Rattlers have turned into an office space. That's their home. I mean, imagine the recruiting you're going to be able to do when you go in and you tell a defensive lineman, here is the D-line position room that used to be the NHL you know, replay booth. Right. That's your room now here's all of our sales staff here the field stays down we're not practicing outside they're rarely going to have to go outside this is a game changer for them there's no doubt about it for those fans it's been a while since i've been out to the west side i go to a cardinal game every now and again but that whole Westgate area before games, after games, I yeah. think, and you're going to be celebrating a lot of victories. Uh, I, I think it's a home run for the Arizona Rattlers. And uh, Joe, we did a lot of things last year pregame. I did a lot of work pregame, postgame for the Arizona Rattlers. Steve McCollum did a ton of work pregame, postgame for the Tucson Sugar Skulls. What are the things that you have planned or some of the ideas you have or the things you want to bring to the table that's going to uh, – w- w- hey, you're the one talking trash to the league, not me. So for you to be number two or number one, what are you going to be bringing to the table for the Sugar Skulls broadcast that might bring people a little bit of a closer tie into the team? Well, the big thing is to we're going to have some no question as soon as they start practicing and get gearing up. We're going to have elements for halftime where you get to know the players, the coaching staffs as well. Uh, Interviews maybe that we can throw throughout the the course of the telecast as well. Little nuggets here and there that we, we can throw in and. In the pregame show, if Steve's going to host it from the studio, command control, he can come to us early, get my thoughts, and um, and, and come to us live on the scene for a little bit of a pregame analysis of, of what to expect. And then, look, I've even thrown myself out there to do command control postgame, where if Steve is running things in the studio, he come back to us. We do live interviews on the field um, and, and just make it so it's just not the game itself, mm-hmm. but it's a – you know, it's so circular from the very beginning, from pre to um, the game, halftime to, to post game as well. And, and just make it a great experience all the way around that makes it second to none in the league. That's awesome. Now, I want to be clear. I, I, it's Joe, Chris, Steve. It's the three of you guys working on what Steve might be doing this year. I just wanted to give Steve credit for, for everything he did last year. I don't know what he might be doing Tucson-wise or not this year, but he deserved a ton of credit for uh, everything that he did last year. Guys, thank you for giving me 15 minutes here today. I, my last question is just kind of cheese ball, and that is to, to both of you. Dale, what do you want WTSMTV.com uh, fans and viewers to know? about what's coming with the Rattlers from your point of view, more on the broadcast side. Well, from my point of view, the one thing is if you've never seen an indoor football game, I'm begging you to try one because guess what? You will not be disappointed. You know, a lot of people talk about, well, there's so much time between plays in the NFL or so many commercials. 
the, the, the indoor football league flies by, time goes quick, and uh, you'll enjoy the experience. Boy, that's a great point. And I would like to second that by saying, please it, it be at least become a basic member of WTSMTV.com. So those of you that are listening right now on Doug Franz Unplugged, take Dale's advice, go to the game. Sure. But if you raise your level up just to be a basic, there's going to be things that happen in a game that you're like, wait, what? how did that happen? Right. What happened here? And it's our job to be able to explain it. And you don't get that necessarily from a PA guy, but you'll get it from Dale, your color analyst. Joe, what do you want fans to know about WTSMTV.com's coverage of the Sugar Skulls? Well, we're going to be very in-depth. We're going to know the game inside and out. I mean, we've even spoken to Kevin Guy, who is going to give us the boot camp of the IFL rulebook so we know everything inside and out. So because there are moments in the game and, and Dale can elaborate where sometimes things go awry and it's our job to break it down and make sure that we're astute on the rule book to break it down for the fans out there. But I, I just think on my end, um, it's my job and Nick's job to to bring a professional broadcast along the way, make it fun, make it entertaining, make it loose and make it what make it what the league is. 100% nonstop adrenaline, full throttle, never let up, and make sure the fans have a great time watching at all times. That's, that's fantastic. Dale, please don't go anywhere because I have a Cardinals question for you. Joe, thanks for coming on. I owe you a beer for getting up for me. I appreciate it. That was, that was nice of you to wake up. <laughs> you mean I, I can't stay for the Cardinal question? I, I don't give you a thousand takes on that, but I won't. But I won't. I'll let Dale dial that one in. But, but Doug, always a pleasure, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. See you, Joe. There's Joe Paquito, play-by-play voice of the Tucson Sugar Skulls, joining us here on WTSMTV.com. The reason why I wanted to keep Dale on is this like is kind of a technical offensive line question. I was kind of shocked by this, Dale, in, in an article that was written by a hardcore analytics guru from ESPN. He broke down all of the rookies for all of the NFL and just the rookie class for each team. And this is kind of a nice number that the Cardinals were ranked ninth in best rookie class. Okay. So that's kind of got to get you excited. Now, before I ask you this question, I admit, when I saw this stat, I thought, wow, I was wrong. So I want to tell you what I was wrong about after you answer this question. If you evaluate the season of Paris Johnson, how would you say he did? Uh, I would give him probably, you know, again, if I'm going to if I'm going to work in the the rookie part of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to give him an A minus. Okay. I mean, the guy played every snap. Uh, I, I love his physicality. I love his demeanor. And uh, again, he's think, I think he's poised for a fantastic career, whichever side they play him on. Now, here's what's interesting. A, I agree with you. B, are we wrong? Because when you hear this stat, now granted, you threw out within the rookie compartment. Right. But according to ESPN win rate, judging each and every stat, Paris Johnson won 81% of his snaps. That ranked 63rd out of all 69 right tackles that played enough snaps to be registered. So 
I would like I like an A minus. You can talk me into a B plus. I liked your A minus, but then when you hear sixty three out of sixty nine, you're like, that's not good. So do you say, you know, not a big deal because he's a rookie? Do you question the analytics and the win rate, or how do you perceive that stat? Because that's why I'm asking. Are we wrong? Because I'm with you. He played well, but the that stat didn't back up our opinion. Doug, I'm going to say as soon as you said ESPN and <laughs> analytics leading into it. Did you st- check out? My stomach cringed. I, I, got a, I got a little pit in my stomach, all right? First of all, that's, that's Joe Blow from MIT sitting down and going, okay, he's supposed to do this, he's supposed to do that. When you're talking about being a, a game analyst, uh, Doug, the fact that a lot of times you're guessing mm-hmm. on, on what you think the dude was supposed to do. You're not in the huddle. You know, you, you don't have their playbook. And so, again, I think those analytics are, are a dude sitting there going, well, I think he won that, or I, I, I don't think he won. I, I, don't, I put very little stock in that. I put stock in what I see with my eyes. Well done. Well, I don't know if you now don't believe in yourself because I agreed with you. Because I can, I can understand if you say, well, if Doug agrees with me, then I must be wrong. So I get that. Hey, have a good show. Thanks for coming on. You got it. There's Dale Hellestray, Super Bowl champion with the Cowboys, right here on Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Talking hardcore rattlers, talking a little sugar skulls and Drew Powell, and then finishing with a little bit of a Cardinals question. Yeah, I, I found, first of all, congratulations, Cardinals. That's a strong number. Ninth in rookie class, that's got to make you feel feel good and that's analytics saying that however the the guy that you want to be impressed with the most the number one pick the, I should say number one the first round pick that's not very good 63 of 69 but you heard Dale's opinion analytics and and, and, and threw it away all right coming up next I you know you don't have a lot of people following when you have to ask them to applaud what you said who did it? <laughs> Wildcat fans, I don't think you're going to like it. Next, this is WTSMTV.com. My name's Doug Franz. Thanks for watching Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. It's big, it's juicy, it's meaty. Get your burrito at Burrito Express. If you're having a hangover, a bad day, even a good day, still get your burrito at Burrito Express. It will make you feel better. Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm gonna do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're gonna start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. Want to do some U of A? Want to do some NFL? Want to do a little NBA and uh, talk to Steve McCollum and uh, do a little versus Vegas? So we got a lot to do here uh, to finish up. Doug Franz unplugged. Thanks for being a part of today's show today. Well, I'm all jacked up for the uh, the IFL season now. Oh, that Doug. was awesome of you. Really good. Oh yeah. Good. 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 Um, well then, I since you jumped in, let me ask you if you don't mind what what what's got you excited? 
Well, I'm going to be running the crew in Tucson this year, so that's kind of got me. So are you like director? Is that what you're talking about? I'm the director for Tucson. Oh, Jeff, we're production man. Don't choke. There's a few Because Joe Paquino's a disaster to work with behind the scenes. (laughs) I love Joe Paquino. I love working with (laughs) Joe. So, yeah, there's a few conflict games where the Rattlers and the Sugar Skulls are playing on the same night, so I'm going to be directing those crew that crew down in Tucson while the other half of our crew is up here in uh, okay. uh, Glendale. Oh, so. yeah. I'm, I'm excited to pull this off. And uh, and then, uh, I, if this is off the record, uh, like I, sometimes I learn stuff off the record and I don't know that it's off the record, so sorry if I'm opening up where I shouldn't. But the IFL as a league has decided to really spend some league money in judging the broadcasts and trying to make sure everybody in the IFL raises their game. And on the one hand, come on now, I I love that in the sense of anything that makes me better, I want that. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you can't help. I mean, come on, I'm human. You can't help but wonder, okay, what's... What's he saying about the other guys? Is he is he saying that Quad City guy's better than me? Why? Why? What's what's wrong with that? Wait, wait. What about that Massachusetts guy? What, what does he say about that guy? I mean, you can't help but wonder when you get your report card or you get their feedback of okay, okay. So if if I go if if I fall down the hole and they go, uh, Doug, we'd like you to meet with the Bobs. You know, I'm gonna I'm a little nervous, but uh, I'm I'm jacked up for it too. Uh, absolutely. All right, let's get to this. This has happened to me. So it's not a total rip job on the athletic director, okay? Not a total rip job. There have been many times where you're doing public speaking, if you get into that, where you say something and you expect that to fire up the crowd or you expect to get applause. You expect energy in the room based on what you said. That happens a lot. Sometimes you've read the room right and you get the energy you're looking for. Other times, they're just not all that entertained by you. <laughs> okay? I look around the room, I'm, yeah! And then everybody's looking at me and saying, are you, are you done? That guy behind you looks entertaining. When does he get to talk? It happens. It's all about the delivery, Doug. It, it is. It, that is important. Well, here is Dave Hickey, athletic director, University of Arizona. And he says one of those lines. That's supposed to get you fired up. All right. Bear down. I mean, I mean, it's. I mean, you're supposed to feel it. They don't feel it. Whatever you do, when the room doesn't feel it, do not say, "Hey." When you say it, let me let me caveat that. If you're interviewing somebody, there have been times where I've interviewed. Like Kenny Dillingham in front of a bunch of ASU fans. And I, ASU fans, they're a hard bunch to get them excited about anything. And Kenny will say something that gets me fired up. And I'll turn to the crowd and ask, hey, do you like that? You know what I mean? It's awesome what he just said. You're allowed to show a little emotion. It's okay to ask if, if, if you, for a little bit of applause based on what somebody else says. When you ask it for what you say, nah, it's cheese ball. Dave Hickey, don't do it. Don't do it. I want to start right from where what's most important. I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I'm proud um, to have our new head coach, to have Brent Brennan as our new head coach, the new leader and the new head coach of this football program. So I think that deserves a round of applause, probably, right? 
Oh my gosh. Oh my God. That is so awesome. And the reason why, think about why he's saying for you to clap. He's telling you to clap. Do you mind playing that again for me, Jeff? He's telling you to clap because he's excited. Okay? It's not, hey, I'm excited to announce this guy is our head coach. This leader is our head coach. That deserves a round of applause. Wait, wait. We're now, we now applaud because you're excited. You didn't get the deal done with the old coach. The old coach got you to almost a top 10 program. The old coach has a quarterback coming back that was a freshman and is now a sophomore. Might have his receiver coming back. Who knows what T-Mac would have done if everybody was staying. You get 18 to 22 starters technically supposedly coming back. The, the team's going in this direction. You as the A don't get the deal done in time to to protect him from leaving and now you're excited about the new head coach and nobody claps so you deserve applause because you're excited here just make sure we listen to this closely again does he or does he not say i'm excited nobody claps and he goes so that deserves applause because i'm excited i want to start right from where what's most important I'm thrilled, I'm excited, I'm proud um, to have our new head coach, to have Brent Brennan as our new head coach, the new leader and the new head coach of this football program. So I think that deserves a round of applause, Brian, right? <laughs> so from now on, U of A fans, just remember, when Dave's excited, you clap. I would like to see what Dave he, what happens when to U of A fans when Dave says I'm excited that I'm the athletic director. <laughs> All right, let's get to Brendan. I could not get this out of my head. We live in a society today where you should not look at a person and judge them. Do not judge a book by its cover. Do not look at a guy and think you know their life story until you've walked a mile in their shoes. Do not judge appearance. How do you know? Why are you the judge of professionalism? Why do you get to judge someone's appearance before they do their actions? Blah, 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 blah. All these reasons not to judge. As soon as Brent Brennan started talking, how do you not believe he's the nice science teacher that lives at the end of the street? That's, that's this guy is. He's the nice science teacher in class. He secretly likes to blow things up in the lab, but he's just a nice man. Uh, but a football coach? That, hey, this will work. Look at the Dolphins. Okay, I'm not saying that. I mean, Utah, McDaniel, that, that guy does not look at all like a football coach. And he's fantastic. So I get it. I'm not saying he can't win. I'm just laughing. Like He's a science teacher. But here is uh, Dave Brennan. He got emotional at one point. And if you're a U of A fan, I thought this was important to you because he starts talking about Coach Tomey and what Coach meant to him in his life. And as he's getting ready to talk about him, watch him out of the corner of his eye. He sees Coach Tomey's wife and then, and then just kind of freezes and almost like tries to put blinders up. You know, Nancy, I can't even look at you right now, but um, the, the impact that, that I know that Dick and Nancy had on this university, but really on, on my path, it's embarrassing a little bit. Um, it, it, I don't think very often in your life, you, when you work, you, um, you think about somebody every day, like somebody, but that's what Coach Tomey's been for me. 
Uh, he's been the guy that, that every single day I, I think about what would Coach T do here? Um, Coach T would kill you for what just happened in this game. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, just that we just love you and we miss him. And again, people make the place. And, uh, you know, Dick and Nancy made this place home for a long time and, and obviously did a lot of incredible things with the football program. That, to me, was a little window into the coach's soul. Former graduate assistant there at U of A, former coach there, went with Dick Tomey, coached underneath them both at U of A and at San Jose State. Um, the reason why I say that that's a window into his soul is I can relate to where he's going. I don't like to admit this. I don't want people to know this about me, but the truth is I I get emotional when I think of the people that have helped put me in the position that I'm at. And it's hard for me to keep it together because it's so humbling. It's just so... I like I like how he said kind of embarrassing. I don't look at it like that, but it's just so awe-inspiring that someone takes a chance on someone else and builds them up. And then when you see, you want to reward them with your own success. So they'll be able to say to other people, yes, this person worked under me. I helped him get to where. There's a great sense of pride, the people that I have helped get to where they are. I, I have so much pride over that those things of helping other people like that. So then in turn, when you know somebody was so responsible for me, it's all of you that are in the military simply because you were willing to take a bullet. And I mean, going back to Lexington and Concord, people willing to take a bullet and die for the freedoms that are given to us by the Declaration of Independence and for me being in the media, the First Amendment to the Constitution. And then all of the wars, it's like, wow. Wow, is that humbling. Then I look at the, the, the time that my father put into my life, and then I look at another person that is kind of like my radio father. His name is Bill Dunavant from Huntsville, Alabama. And I'll never forget Bill came into town one day, and he said, hey, I wanted to go to lunch with you. And I said, well, I'm actually going to lunch with Jennifer that day. Please don't be offended. Will you come with both of us? He goes, Sure. So the three of us were there eating lunch, just having a great conversation. And then out of nowhere, Bill D says, well, one of the, re I don't want lunch to end without me telling you, thank you for the way you've represented our company after you left and what a good job you're doing. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, Jennifer starts crying at the table. I'm like, oh no, here it comes. Here again, you know, I'm trying to fight it. So I, I really related to Coach Brennan right there because I'm that kind of person that gets emotional when I talk about mentors. And that was really, that was really cool. And I usually don't hear that from football coaches at all. Uh, the next one from Coach was something that you're going to like. It was talking about the current roster and what he needs to do to keep the current roster. Now, keep in mind, as he saying this kids are jumping ship right now the number i believe is nine not even counting anybody that's going pro nine players have entered the portal right now two of them being players that were early uh invitees into college that have already taken classes and now they're in the transfer portal so coach tell us about the current roster i get it like they're they're a little bit hurt Right, like it's tricky like that. And the reason I can say that is because I just did that to a team yesterday. 
right? Like yesterday morning, before I got on the plane to come down here, I had to meet with the team at San Jose State. It was really, really hard, really, really emotional. And, you know, if, if you do build it right, and if your team is connected on a level that gives you a chance to be successful on Saturdays in the fall, they are going to be super connected. So when a piece of it leaves, there's going to be some fallout, right? And so I was just honest with them. I just asked them to give me a chance to earn their trust and treat each other with respect and the trust will be earned over time. And that I promised them I'd surround them with a great coaching staff and, and people that care about their development and who they are as men. I really appreciated that because of the rawness. It was simply, hey, I've done the same thing. It's almost like quit ripping Jed Fish for leaving because I just did the same thing. The San Jose State kids are just as important as your kids at U of A. I understand how the U of A kids feel like right now. They feel a little abandoned because that's just what I did. That's the nature of the business. For him to just admit that, like, we all know that. But I think that's a level of class, of not sugarcoating it, not hiding. And the last one is uh, just simply U of A fans. I thought this was important to you. If you just wanted to know his coaching philosophy, and his philosophy really wasn't about the field. I, I, am, uh, I care about the man first, and, and that's where it starts with me. Because I really think, I, I think if we help them be stabilized in their like, academic and, and, and personal life, the football takes care of itself. I really believe that. And lots of times when kids are disorganized academically or making bad choices socially, that creates chaos in their football life. And really at the end of the day, like for so many of these young people, football is the driver. Like football is what they care most about, right? So how can I help them get their stuff together academically? How can I make sure they're on a good path that way? How can I give them the resources, the people, and the opportunities for their personal life to be stable, right? and then let them grow and thrive under great coaching and great support from, from the head coach and from the position coaches. If you're successful, that's about as beautiful as it gets. I want to clean up your academics and your personal life, and I know our coaching staff can coach football. So I've got to get you ready to receive, then you're going to be great. The catch is... Fans do not care about all of the buttery stuff if you're not winning and players are not improving. So you've got to be able to be right and execute that. So I, I you know, I, I'll never root for U of A, but so far I like the guy, and uh, and we'll see what happens. But I thought Jed Fish was a great coach. I still think it was a terrible mistake by U of A to not get a deal done sooner. Steve McCollum joins us. He's going to be the, your co-host of the main event coming up. In about 20 minutes, it's every weekday morning here from 8 to 10 on WTSMTV.com. Steve, how are you? How's life? Fine. Good. I, I want to bounce something off of you because you have, you're a media guy, but you didn't grow up in the media, so you're not as demented as those of us that are in the media. So you're better like as, as a watchdog of the media. This is a, a sensitive topic, but I want to know how you think it should have been handled or how it is being handled. And it's a subject I admit I didn't get a chance to get to today. So Josh Giddy, pictures come out of Josh Giddy, uh, Oklahoma City mm-hmm. forward, of having a girlfriend or a girl that he met at a bar. Mm-hmm. This girl is supposedly a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. He's 21. She's around 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. However, it's at an 18 and older bar only. Yep. She either had a fake or got her way in, and then, according to other reports, told everybody she was 19. Yep. Then he says, once he finds out, 
he breaks everything off. Yep. Who knows what happened in that time frame between meeting her and him breaking it off. But immediately, Newport Beach police do an investigation. Yesterday, the Newport Beach police said there's not enough here for us to continue with the investigation. It's over. Well, because nobody talked. Right. Now, in the meantime, and that, again, that doesn't mean he's totally innocent, yeah. but at the same time, it means he's guilty of nothing mm-hmm. in, in the court of law. Yet, as the story got out, Josh Giddy gets booed everywhere he goes. Yeah. He looks terrible publicly. Mm-hmm. What what do you look at as the media's job in reporting? If he's innocent until proven guilty, why are we talking about it? Yet, yeah. at the same time, we got to protect kids as much as possible. But he's only two to three years older than she is. Like, For, what, yeah. Where's For, the line? For me, that that drives me nuts in this is, um, look, it went against him. Well, I, I, let me retract this that statement I was about to make. I was gonna say I was gonna say it went against him because he's a high profile with a lot of money, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so it would naturally slant against him. But at the same time, I'm not naive to think that this doesn't happen all the time, not just to guys but to girls as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, some girls, some guys say they're older than they are yep. and uh, and uh, get into situations and, and things like and that. Rarely as well. do we know about it. it well, exactly. And this yep. this is a story because uh, of course it's. And an NBA player. Right. Uh, but as a media side, I do. The thing I hate most about media is they all reported, right? And they all went against him. They all attacked him. Um, there's some culpability on her side, but nobody wants to attack her. That's where I think the hypocrisy uh, and the annoyance on the media especially come from. Yeah, it's. it's, it's if she t- lied about her age. He's not innocent, but if she lied about her age, she's not supposed to be there. Where's the media lambasting her for yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And he takes he takes the brunt of it. And yeah, yet, yeah. the other side of it is: should we even be talking about it until there's a charge? Well, that's issue number two. Um, you know, now you could bring up the question: is why was there not enough evidence? Did she get paid off? Yeah, Did, yeah. You know, I know I know for a fact. I, I know this for a fact. Uh, her side uh, clammed up. Yeah, and it could be they clammed up because. Uh, uh, and last time I checked, it's not legal to be in a club uh, underage and representing yourself and drinking and, and stuff yeah. like that. So, um, you know, is, is it is it just went away because they, they refused to talk? So, I uh, know it's a tough situation, but that's just where I go with guy. I mean, how do you protect yourself as a guy? You, you got to challenge that. You know, nobody yeah. should be a hermit like me to avoid those <laughs> situations. Uh, but at the same time, you got to protect yourself, man, especially when you're in that position. Well, me personally, I have a great defense against it and being ugly so I, I don't have to worry about and no matter what my, the age my, of the well, woman she's not coming up to me to talk anyway I'm gonna go a step farther ugly and no money Doug is yes. why you don't have to worry about it because ugly, be one ugly rich guys have these problems too well people yeah. can tell that I'm poor by looking at <laughs> then the second reason the second thing though I this is where from a sports standpoint I have no idea whether this is fair or not but this is how I've always judged it if I know about allegations against you or we I've had to deal with this a lot where there's a, like a really nasty divorce and yes. terrible rumors about you. Yes. If you are playing well, I honestly think it's none of my business because now your personal life is not affecting yes. your sports yeah. life. Yeah. I'm the sports talk show host. We talk yeah. about sports. But 
if you start playing terrible right around the time these allegations start, it, it's still horrible. I hate up. to say it. I now consider yeah. it a sports story yeah, and, and that we have why, to talk about. And that's why you old school media people uh, get a lot of crap and uh, people hate you guys. Because, Maybe, yeah. I mean, look, uh, you know, a lot of people go through nasty divorces where allegations are made. Police get involved. Yeah. Courts are involved, um, you know, and, and things like that. And uh, then and everybody reports on it, reports on it, reports on it. Then you get that final court report. The woman gets slammed in the court report. Mm-hmm. I'm just using women, man, example. It happens both ways, but I'm just using it this mm-hmm. way. You know, then the, the woman gets slammed in the court. Because we're talking reports. about NBA athletes in a sense. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm using it, but it happens both ways. Let yep. me be clear on that. But I'm just going to use this example. Uh, so you report on how he abused. He abused. I can tell you this. I've been to a lot of court-ordered uh, court ordered stuff in my day uh, mm-hmm. with, with uh, breakup with my kid's pet mom. And, and, then, and everybody has to go to court-ordered stuff. Every time you go to those court-ordered stuff, everybody else in the room is doing what? They're complaining. Oh, uh, my, my ex-spouse is abusing the kids when they're over there. Oh, I don't like the way he's parenting the kids. I don't like the way she's parenting the kids. When you go through this stuff, these allegations are out there. Mm-hmm. And I just feel nobody should report on that stuff. Now, like you said, if it affects their play, fine. Uh, you know, you could just say he's going through a divorce right now. It might be affecting his play. But when you get into those details that turn out to be unfounded, it pisses me off. That's it's very... Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, hey, I thought you handled that well. And yeah. I actually wasn't trying to get into the your personal no, life. No, I've, I've talked about yeah. it on air. Man, you handled like that. that great. I, I think. mean, the allegations that get thrown out there for everybody in a contested divorce uh, is just sickening and disgusting yeah. what both sides do, to be honest with you. And then uh, if it got reported on, could you imagine the butcher down at Costco loses his job because, uh, you know, I'll just I'll change the genders in this time because her husband says she's psycho and it turns out not to be true. Yeah. And yeah. she gets a report six months later from a judge and she gets sole custody or whatever. It's just awful. It's yeah. awful. Awful situation, yeah. and it shouldn't happen for athletes just because they're in the public eye. Yeah, man, I admit, on the one hand, I never meant to go that deep, and I'm <laughs> so glad you know. I'm so glad you did. That was a great conversation, and, it, and it, I think it's, it's, it, it's it, we got to hold everybody accountable on stuff Yeah, like I mean, that. it's a sore spot for me. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. Yeah, you handled it great. Uh, what's coming up on the main event? Uh, look, uh, you know, we got Gamblu coming in today. Uh, talk UFC. He's going to come in virtually. Sick again, which oh. something's going around out there, so everybody protect yourselves. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, talk UFC, football players. This weekend, a lot of bad spreads this weekend, man. How do we look at these games with a lot of what three nine point spreads at least? I know they're fluctuating, and then finally the Bills Chiefs as, a, as it was at least last I look was two and a half. So one good game scheduled this weekend yeah. uh, coming up. So we have that uh, on our way. Of course, uh, we're not going to do video audio because Bobby Hurley didn't give us enough dirt last night. <laughs> uh, you know, I felt I, unfortunately he was too tame. But uh, quite frankly, I'm just going to say right now, I'm tired of the Bobby Hurley uh, anger. Experience. Experience uh, that we have here at Arizona State. Uh, it needs to end in its garbage. Hey, have a good show. Yep. Let's highlight something that uh, that Steve just said. I'll, I'll make some picks NFL-wise tomorrow. But he's so right about some of the point spreads because I. 
I like the playoffs like everybody else, but I tolerate Wild Card Weekend because I just feel like there's a lot of riffraff in Wild Card Weekend. And normally, to me, the riffraff is the number four seeds because usually the four seed is a team that won their terrible division and really don't belong in the playoffs. And the five seed is a great team that barely missed out on winning their division, and they just smash the four seed. And then I'm mad that the four seed's even at home. So once you eliminate the riffraff of Wild Card Weekend, you normally then get great games for the next round. And he's right. These spreads are basically Vegas telling you, hey, make sure you're watching next week. This weekend's going to be another dog weekend. And, man, that'll be that'll be crazy if that same thing happens today. All right. We have a, a very important email. Usually th- this is something for Town Hall Tuesday. But I want to get the official uh, verification on something that I was emailed that I liked a lot. And I checked it out yesterday. And man, are these the emails you love to get. Jeff Weir Production, I don't know if you're listening, but I don't need the Town Hall Tuesday theme right now. But I want you, if you choose, to be the verification. But I admit, I already went back and listened to make sure. This is from General Mike yesterday. Hey, I just finished today's show, and I wanted you to know you shorted yourself a win. You went 4-0, not 3-0. You left out that you had the Caps minus 1.5 over the Ducks. They won 2 to nothing, and the juice was plus 146. I know it when I bet it. Oh, yeah. How about that? So, thank you, General Mike. I went back and listened, and I did say that I was picking that game. And here's what stinks. Did you not write it down? I forgot to write it down, Ah. so I didn't bet it at home. And then I got it right. I had a 4-0 day yesterday. So, uh, two days ago, I should say. Yesterday, I had a 0-0 day. Buffalo Buffalo at home against Chicago was snowed in due to that terrible storm that's going through Buffalo that you see on all the reports about the Bills. So they postponed the game until today. Now what stinks, I don't, you know what, I got to turn this over to the Unplugged Army. See how you feel about that. I didn't put in my money at all because I saw that it was postponed. But technically the way rules work is if I would have put in the money, I don't think you get your money back when they're just playing it the next day. So they're playing it today. But now I wouldn't touch the game because the whole reason why I was picking it is Chicago was on the back end of a back-to-back that went into overtime, and now they had to fly to Buffalo. Well, now they got some rest. They've been snowed in the hotel. They haven't really done anything. They're ready for the game. So now I don't like that game. I'm not touching that game because the rest factor is totally different. So I'm taking that as as a no game. I'm not putting it on my record, but if you want to argue with me, I I want to listen to how you feel about it, and I might make a change. Um, So I don't like any NHL games um, today. I do have a shocker for you, and this, I've only got one game that I like, but this normally ends up happening. Um, I'm going to check college basketball, though, to see if I want to change my mind. But a lot of times when you make a big move, the other team checks out mentally, all right? So Chicago has a game tonight against the Toronto Raptors. 
Toronto just played, and I usually never go with a team on the back end of a back-to-back. Okay, never. However, they're at home for both games of the back-to-back. And they're getting two and a half points. And they traded Siakam yesterday. And a lot of times a team comes in and feels like, okay, you're not very good. I don't have to worry about you since you've just traded away your player. And a bunch of the players on the team want to show that they can play. They want to show the rest of the league, hey, I can get this done. And you can normally take advantage of that. Plus, I'm getting two and a half points. So I'm going to take Toronto plus the two and a half against Chicago coming up tonight in their game against the Bulls. Now, the other one I want to look at, and sorry that I haven't done it yet, so I have to talk while I look and and try to entertain you without you knowing what I'm doing. I, I think Grand Canyon is fantastic within the confines of what they're trying to do. They deserve all the credit in the world, but I forgot to look at the spread. So I want to find the Grand Canyon spread and see if I want to play it. And uh, boy, this is an entertainment personified. There it is. Minus 13 and a half. I'm in. I'm going to take GCU minus the 13 and a half at home. Although we're going to get close to the point where it's time not to, to run with that anymore. These large spreads, you're going to have a letdown. But I don't think they'll have the letdown at home. I think that crowd will always push them over the edge if they are starting to let down a little bit. Who'd you say they were playing? They're playing Utah Valley today. Oh, okay. And they're uh, they're a 13-and-a-half point favorite, so I'm going to take that. Juice isn't bad, minus 110. Juice is terrible on the money line. It's minus 1,050. That means you've got to go up to the window or go to your app and say, I'm going to bet $1,000. And when Grand Canyon wins, they go, good, here's 100. I mean, can you imagine going up like somebody like me, I bet five bucks, and they say, good job, Doug. Here's 45 cents. I'm glad you won. But what happens if they lose? You lose all $5. Well, how much do I win? You win 45 cents. What? So I'm not touching the money line. But I'll go with them to cover that 13.5 point spread. That does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Please block off the date if you would. I can't wait to have you at our sanctioned event coming up February 23rd. We'll be at Civlik for lunch. We'll be playing golf at around noon, and we're going to be staying afterwards to have beer and dinner. Please be a part of it however it works for you, and I'll tell you as soon as Unplugged at Whirlwind.com is up and ready to be able to book your tea time. Parker and Sons, heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical, call 602-2-REPAIR. Best breakfast burrito you will ever have is Burrito Express, seven locations on the east side. The original sponsor is Bell's National Kitchen, home of the best sandwich in all of Arizona, the National Hot Chicken Sandwich. They're in Old Town, and Rosati's is the official sports bar of Doug Franz Unplugged, but only the one in Chandler. Hey, the main event is up next. I'll see you tomorrow.